0: Thank you. Vicars. I'm Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington. The vicars uh, together uh, have the day off, and I'm pleased, though, to um, be interviewing one of our deacons of our diocese, uh, Deacon John uh, Rozzynski, who um, has served in many uh, years in our diocese, of course, in his ministry as a deacon. But the focus of our show today is the great gift that our retreat center here in Spokane is, the Immaculate Heart Retreat Center. Um, so much goes on in in our uh, this place of prayer. And for our listening audience unfamiliar with uh, retreat and retreat ministry, as you know that Jesus oftentimes will hear in the Gospels that Jesus uh, woke early and went to a quiet place to pray. And retreat houses across the country uh, have been places of prayer. But they've also been opportunities for Catholics and those interested. In matters of religion and faith, to grow in the knowledge of God, to experience a community of believers, and to seek that quiet time. In my meetings with Deacon John over the years I've been bishop, um, I've often extended to him my great gratitude because this ministry is so essential at a time when uh, people are immersed in technology and constant distraction, and they don't take that time to, to be quiet, um, that even our Lord Himself, before he chose the apostles, before he made decisions, when the demands of ministry and life were seemingly overwhelming, he spent time in quiet prayer. And that's what a retreat center is. So anyway, uh, Deacon John, tell us a little bit about um, your time, uh, why you came to the retreat house, and then some history of Immaculate Heart Retreat Center.
1: Of course. Thank you, Bishop, for having me here today. Um just looking a little bit at the history of the Retreat Center, uh, Bishop Topol, uh, our third Bishop of Spokane, had an envision of a, a peaceful and private place where people could take quiet walks, uh, reflect, pray, and reconnect with God. He understood there was a need for everyone, the laity as well as the religious and all the clergy to receive spiritual renewal. So back in 1957, um, he asked Monsignor David Rossage, our first director, uh, to, uh, you know, establish a retreat apostolate and find a piece of property, build that retreat center. And now today, uh, 60 years later, we have established retreat apostolate in our diocese. Um, I've been a part of the retreat center uh, since 1998, and mm-hmm. so that's 21 years, and it's been such a, a great experience and call. In fact, as uh, we embraced the new year, I found myself reflecting on a call of my own diaconate, and then that, of course, to serve director as Immaculate Heart Retreat Center, and both of those calls came as a surprise to me. Um, I realized that it was from, you know, discernment and then prayer that I heard that call, and I reflected on Luke uh, uh, chapter 5, 15 through 16, where uh, Jesus, uh, you know, was with the great crowds and he listened to them, and he cured them of their ailments, and then he would withdraw to a deserted place to pray. And during his active ministry, the Lord deliberately took that time to withdraw from the busyness and pressures in order to pray. And he knew how important that was. And, of course, he knew the Father so well. Mm -hmm. And still he sought time for prayer and silence in order to know his heavenly Father more intimately and to discern that will.
0: Now, for the listening audience, uh, you may know that sometimes the priests uh, on a rotating basis, every other year is a mandatory retreat of the priest. but the um, requirement of a priest to make his retreat comes from uh, the code of canon law. But retreats are also um, expected uh, of priests and religious and deacons. Our deacons uh, go on a weekend retreat, but religious typically, um, religious women and men, every year they make their, their retreat uh, depending upon what their ministry is, um, my own experience as a diocesan priest, it was the first five years of priesthood when I was assigned in parish work that I was able to join the priests of the Archdiocese of San Francisco at Val Ambrosa, which was the retreat house, is the retreat house for, for the San Francisco Archdiocese. Historically, retreat centers have been founded. There were men's retreat centers and uh, women's. Uh, El Retiro ju- is the Jesuit Retreat Center in Los Altos, and that had been the men's retreat. And Valambrosa was founded by the Archdiocese for Women. Of course, now all retreat centers are co-ed. Some, some of you may have been exposed to retreats in former novitiates that are by religious orders, and there are retreat experiences across the country. But for, or for a diocesan retreat house, um, Immaculate Heart, that was a first in the state of Washington, the Archdiocese of Seattle has the Archbishop Brunette uh, Retreat Center, but that had been founded by the Redemptorist Fathers, and then the diocese, the archdiocese, took it over. So we're blessed in the forward thinking of, of Bishop Topol, as well as the work of Monsignor Rosich that Deacon John continues to this day. What type of, uh, in your experience, John, doing re- directing uh, both retreats and being the director of the retreat house what have you found a retreats do for the average layperson uh, from uh, the amount of two decades of this ministry? Can you give us kind of think of some examples of people who came kind of exhausted and what the retreat did to them? Because for our listening audience, I would hope that uh, if you haven't made a retreat, that um, you, you go at least for a day of recollection that you go there to, to visit as a place of prayer. There's mass each day. But what have you found? Uh, to give some thoughts of people who've made retreats, what the retreat has done for them? Well, basically,
1: you know, I I like to go back to um, uh, Psalm 46, verse verse 10, where it says, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Today, there's a myriad of issues that people have to face and and the troubles of our world and, and all those stresses and then even their own schedules to keep up with everything, as we, we know, both parents today in the house work, mm-hmm. raising children, and and uh, and then also just trying to manage it all and bring it all together. They're exhausted, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times they find they don't have time to pray, and I think it goes back to that place that feels safe, a place that they know it is quiet, mm-hmm. they know it's rooted in the Catholic faith, uh, they know you know they know who we are and. Uh, They can come here, they can open up, because they know it's safe, they are in prayer, and they also get to hear many speakers that come to our retreat centers, priests, laity and religious, and they get to hear some very uh, uh, key uh, words that bring them closer to Christ. So they actually get an encounter of Mm -hmm. the Lord deeply in their lives. I, I myself personally see many people and give spiritual direction in my time at the retreat center. And empathic listening is so important when they come because, again, they know it's safe. It's the time that they got to deal with these issues. What is the Lord saying to me in all that? So we listen to them, mm-hmm. and we help guide them through that. And they feel fed. And, and then they can go to confession. Uh, they, they go to Mass. Um, and they, they leave the retreat center feeling a little more balanced, a little more holy in their life.
0: What type of, um, I know when when I was a freshman in high school, my father, um, and my older brother and I went on a retreat at El Retiro. It was a father-son retreat. And, uh, that was a very popular, um, opportunity for a focused, uh, retreat that dealt with the issues of, um. dad and, and sons and family. What type of topics uh, are our retreats are offered today uh, in 2019-2020? Um, what have you, What from your experience, what are people looking for and what does the Retreat House offer as far as potential topics and retreat directors and things like that? Well, we just
1: had a retreat just this last weekend with Carl Broussard with Catholic Answers mm-hmm. and we had 50. 50- uh, young people there with their chaperones and parents mm. and um, it was to help these kids answer questions about our Catholicism and Carl helped them through that Very good. and um, they they were on fire mm-hmm. <laughs> with with that experience and when they left they felt a little more engaged uh, with with us all about our Catholic faith and that they can share that even in a high school age They can share their Catholic faith openly. Uh, We do have mothers and daughters retreats um, that uh, twice a year that the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Church, Mm -hmm. have been helping us with. Um, We do have uh, father and son retreats uh, during Lent um, as well. Um, And and again, they're all about really building the relationship with our Lord and with uh, their family.
0: I know that Gonzaga Prep has their Kairos retreats at uh, Immaculate Heart Retreat Center. Yeah. What's uh, We use terms like retreat, eight-day retreat, 30-day retreat, obviously the, the number of days. But what's the difference for our listening audience, uh, a day of recollection versus a retreat?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel the day of recollection is it, it gives you a little bit of time to get out of the world. But it's more to, yes, you can pray, but you also... You're there to get have some conferences, you're there to get informed and, 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 and they are very helpful, but the weekend retreat, they come in on a Friday night mm-hmm. and they leave on a Sunday afternoon. We find after, you know, Friday they're pretty exhausted, they come, they just really want to rest, but then they go into Saturday and you start seeing that transformation take place of how they're really letting it all in, this retreat experience. And what a retreat really is meant to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now they are more relaxed and they're able to be more prayerful, they're able to listen more deeply, and they get so much more from it. And by the time they go home on Sunday, they feel a little more rested. Mm -hmm. Um, So weekends are great. Um, The 8-day Ignatian and the 30-day retreat, in fact, I've done some 30-day uh, retreats uh, with the Missionaries of Charity Sisters down in uh, the San Francisco area and also over in Colorado, um, and those are very intense, very deep um, spiritually, and they it you really deal with uh, them very gently through that experience, again, with Scripture, with prayer. But with, again, with that, in, uh, list, deep listening that it requires them to, the things that they go through in their ministry and within their life, they're allowed to open that up more and more and to see it for what it really is. And they're able to deal with that more. And then they leave it, 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 knowing that, you know, I'm going to go back to my order. Or I'm going to go back to my home, and I'm going to deal with my family mm-hmm. or my community in a different way um, and, and how we can communicate better. Uh, that's the biggest thing because a lot of times communication is a big issue in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. We, uh, with everything that goes on in our lives, we seem to uh, sometimes even lose ourselves and we are an automatic pilot. We don't go deep enough in our conversation. I always say a lot to our, our directees. I go, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad required us to be at the table for dinner. And it wasn't just eat and run, but we spent two hours at the table, and it was to share each other's Mm -hmm. day and have conversation as a family and what that can do for us. When we come
0: back, we're going to talk about how in this hectic uh, society in which we live in, people can make the time and why it's so important. (laughs) Welcome back. It's Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane, and I'm t- t- talking to Deacon John from our retreat center, the Immaculate Heart Retreat Center off Benber Road. As I mentioned, um, we're blessed in our diocese to have uh, a retreat house, a retreat center, a retreat director, and uh, a very, very good staff of faith-filled people who are very knowledgeable of how to help people unwind. The often heard complaint is there's so much distraction, so much noise. It, it is, of course, a lot having to do with the, uh, the cell phone and the constant bombardment of technology. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Jesus himself, the Son of God, saw the value of time away and quiet. The retreat center is on Rolling Hills off of uh, Benbur Road, and um, when you go there and walk around the grounds, you get a sense of uh, just the natural beauty of eastern Washington, You see wildlife there and uh, there is of course a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament present where Mass is is offered and there's a big room with a fireplace and um, it is a place that's conducive to reflection and prayer. I know from my own experience, as I mentioned earlier, going as a retreat the first time as as a boy, a high school student with my older brother and my father and later on as as a seminarian, as a a priest and, and now as a bishop, uh, I, I value those times, those moments when we can just spend quiet time in, before the Blessed Sacrament and reading scripture and taking a book. There's various retreats that, that our retreat center and other retreat centers offer. There's the directed retreat. There's the preached retreat. There's the day of recollection. What uh, in the next six months, uh, John, what, what's, what's up there for, uh, that our people might be, our listening audience might be interested in, in reading more about it and participating in retreat? What do you have planned? Well, uh, coming up
1: in February, which is just around the corner, we're going to have a day of reflection with Mary, with uh, Father Mike Sevaleski, one of our own priests. And then we have our annual Ash Wednesday retreat, which, of course, Ash Wednesday this year is on February 26th. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one of our diocesan retired priests, and uh, that's Father, our Monsignor John Steiner. And we really get a great number of people for that retreat. Mm -hmm. So, or that day of prayer, so calling in ahead would be great. Um, Our Vicar General, uh, Father Darren Connell, is going to do a day of prayer on Tuesday, uh, March 10th on Overcoming Cancer. And we have um, all uh, of our marriage retreats. We have Marriage Encounter, uh, we have uh, 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 Engaged Encounter, uh, which is uh, one of the requirements in our diocese to marriage prep. And then we have Retrovi with those marriages that are having some difficulties. Mm -hmm. To help them through that. Uh, every year we have our Women's and Men's Holy Week Retreat, uh, which we get a good turnout for that, and that's going to be starting with the women on April 6 and ends with the men on April 11. Um, and uh, one thing that we like to do is celebrate life and family, and what better way to do that in, with our mothers? Uh, every Mother's Day we have a brunch, and we get approximately 450 Mm. people that come to this brunch, and it's a great way to celebrate mothers and family. We give the mothers a rose to honor them, but what's beautiful about it, as you you mentioned mentioned earlier, Bishop, was uh, the grounds. Mm -hmm. It's not going to just a restaurant. They get to have their brunch, and they get to visit, and then they go and walk the grounds, and, and they're with their families, and uh, it's usually a beautiful day, so uh, and they they get to look at the rolling uh, southwestern hills, which is so beautiful.
0: Some of our retreats are silent, uh, and people value that. Others, because they might be preached, there's opportunities for discussion, and and again, in our society, which it is, it's not often that an individual can discuss one's faith in 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 a context where there's uh, knowledge, there's discussion, there's uh, asking for the grace of God. So we're blessed, again, to have our retreat center. As, as Deacon John said, here we are on Mother's Day, and I encourage you to put that on the calendar. Uh, rather than going to, uh, to our restaurant or uh, even expecting members of the family to, uh, to provide breakfast, come to the retreat center. Go to brunch on Mother's Day and be and I, blessed uh, by our Immaculate Heart, our Blessed Mother, in, in this opportunity, which is, is tremendous, and that's every year. The Engaged Encounter Retreat, I've worked those several of those as a a priest. That's most people's experience as adults or young adults when they come to Immaculate Heart Retreat Center or other retreat centers, again, that they have gone to prepare for marriage. High school students, as I mentioned, those who come from our high schools attend uh, and participate in a Kairos or a search retreat, and they come to our retreat center. So they are learning at an early age the value of this time, this time of prayer, of study, of rest. Unfortunately, then most young people go off to college or they work and suddenly their, their schedules they think are too full. But one of the, the reasons that Fa, uh, Deacon John has a staff is they're constantly looking at what are some possible topics that uh, people really need to hear about? and thus the retreat center, you may not find that the same retreat is offered year after year because the retreat staff is, is, is responding to that. The, um, my, the Archbishop uh, Niederauer, who was Archbishop I worked for, remembers as uh, he was a priest professor at the Seminary of St. John's in Los Angeles, making his 30-day retreat at Immaculate Heart. And for him, it was a tremendous memorable experience. It was his only 30-day retreat that he had made, but he felt particularly blessed in the beauty, in the program, and I believe Monsignor Rosich might have been still director there. Um, what, do you, what are some of the challenges of, um, you have found in your ministry? I know you, we spoke about the many blessings, and thank God they outweigh the challenges, but what have you find, maybe, John, that the people are going through, some of the stresses that you, you're there, as you said, you listen with, with great empathy, with uh, genuine heartfelt love and compassion. What, do you, what are some of our people going through that the retreat center seems to assist?
1: Well, today, you know, a, a lot of people, of course, deal with grief, mm-hmm. and grief has so many different forms, and it, it's not just the loss of uh, someone that has died in their family, but it could be a divorce, mm-hmm. uh, some other type of relationship uh, uh, that uh, is within the family that's estranged, and, and so... Basically, we, we help people through that, and, and we work with them, I, and we get retreats and days of prayer mm-hmm. for those um, as well. Those um, that have terminal illness, um, we've had retreats for them, and we work with them. Uh, to, you know, what is God saying to them through all this pain and suffering, and how to deal with that? Uh, mental illness, mm-hmm. huge today. Addictions, uh, suicide, all those things are discussed. Um In fact, I do uh, daily reflections on our website uh, for the uh, scripture of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, I always question, uh, I hope it's reaching out. And um, it's on Facebook and goes to their emails. And um, basically, I had uh, one phone call from a young girl call me the next morning when I was even questioning this. And she just said, based on uh, your words, I... I did not uh, commit suicide yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when you hear things like that, it's like, okay, yes, this ministry is speaking to people in in ways that we really don't even understand totally. But I, I believe by our presence, by our listening, by offering sacred ground, peaceful place, I always say what a beautiful thing. Here we help people on their journey while they're living here at the retreat center and then we have our our cemetery queen of peace cemetery right there where our loved ones are buried Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we bring them into the loving arms of god and i just feel that's such a great image as people are walking the grounds and how people spend their time people spend a lot of time in the cemetery area praying
0: what um, i know that uh, the retreats that are offered in various dioceses at the retreat centers, some retreat centers are very focused on the eight-day retreat, the 30-day retreat. I mean, in most of the Jesuit retreat houses, if not all of them across the country, are very strong in it. Of course, we have the opportunity for the Day of Recollection, and for those people whose schedule may be so impacted to get away for a week, and especially if you have children, it is more of a challenge. I myself have been asked and have led Days of Recollection, usually during Advent, focusing on, for example, the last one was on Mary as intercessor. I know that uh, our diocese was consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in 1948, and when Bishop Topol asked this retreat center to to be built, he uh, specifically had it entrusted to our Blessed Mother, Some have asked, well, why is that sometimes retreat centers are called Christ the King, El Retiro, they might be named after uh, religious saints. And I believe it was uh, Bishop Topol responding to um, that scriptural reality that Mary always leads us closer to her son, Jesus. And and Deacon John and his staff uh, do a tremendous job with that, helping people through Mary's intercession come to know Jesus Christ. Many times when I've been there, you've had maybe older people. They might be retired. They've been going on retreats every year. They have found that it is so effective because now they have the time to really ponder some of the great truths of our faith. And they regret, I know I'm talking to uh, one individual and she said, I just wish that I had been on retreat earlier because I have found that I have such peace. And I think that peace would have helped me to be a... to be a better uh, wife and and mother. And I know that that's often said uh, by uh, husbands and fathers, how things take on a different sense of priority when you actually spend time with the Lord. That's right. The Trappists have the great line, the the, God speaks loudest in the silence of our hearts. And that's why silence is part of this retreat. Uh, But there are opportunities, as said, for conversation. Uh, John, what would be um, for, you know, as we kind of wrap the show up, what would you like our listening audience to, uh, to to know about Immaculate Heart that we haven't said or perhaps a message for them to encourage them to take a look at what's offered? Any final thoughts?
1: A lot of people feel that they maybe have to schedule for the retreat. And if you haven't been at the retreat center before, I would recommend just come up, have a cup of coffee with us. Let us show you around you spend some time there yourself to get the feel of what this place is about. We honestly believe when you walk these grounds, you sit in our chapel, it, it will speak to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I, we've even had a, uh, atheists come on retreat, mm-hmm. and they, they literally turned to God, heard God speak deeply within their heart. Mm-hmm. Give Immaculate Heart Retreat Center an opportunity, and I, feel, I think it will ch- help change your life.
0: Thank you, John. And just on a a practical basis, uh, the food is very good there. Uh, There is a retreat house in California I visited that uh, I'm surprised the health department didn't close it down. Uh, The quality of the food left something. I wonder why the priests and seminarians uh, weren't exactly jumping with joy to go there. But I can attest to the fact that the the, the food at Immaculate Heart is, is very good. And when you're on a retreat, it's a combination of rest, of prayer, uh, the opportunity to share a meal together and just kind of savor life as God has given it to be. That is life, which is a gift. Our retreat center is a gift. I ask for your prayers and your support, and I thank you to John and your staff for your leadership.